Greetings, and for your enjoyment, we're digging into the archives of the Gatecast for the 2014 bonus show in which Michael Clark from Visionary Trek joins us to discuss the Star Trek Voyager episode Message in a Bottle. Enjoy. Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, sir, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this bonus episode of The Gatecast, another one in the seasonal group that we like to put in over Christmas, because most people have better things to do. Alan won't be joining us tonight, so I've got a new guest, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. Michael is a fellow podcaster, although on a slightly grander scale than The Gatecast. Would you like to do a quick rundown of your shows and go into a bit more detail later on? I'm at Visionary Trek and the clue's in the name. It's all about Star Trek and we have three podcasts and a brilliant website and we look at all different aspects of Star Trek. And this is one of the reasons Michael's joined us on the show. I do listen to the output of the Visionary Trek. I like to keep abreast of all things Star Trek and anybody knows there's a lot of podcasts out there. So you've got to be choosy and when you find one you like, then you embrace it. This is Michael's first time on the show. He will be joining us next year for a proper episode of Stargate. But for this bonus show, I thought, get his feet wet. So we're going to do a Star Trek episode. Yay. <laughs> I think everybody's covered there. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. As I say, I've only ever done one of these sort of shows before. I think that was Trekmate Polyphon a couple of years ago. And literally, I think there was like four or five of us talking about one episode. So this is totally new. So I've literally got my tablet next to me with the episode ready to play. Bear with me is all I'd say. Yeah, no problem. I can't wait to do Stargate next year, though. We haven't decided on the episode yet, have we? No, no. I have asked <laughs> if it could be Atlantis. I do love SG-1, but I am a really big fan of Atlantis. Right. But I don't mind. As long as it's not a universe. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> we'll get the 2015 recording schedule up probably before the end of the year. Just a quick reminder, anybody that wants to join us for a show, just get in touch. If the episode isn't taken or reserved, then it'll be yours. All you need is a Skype connection and the time to record an episode with us. An hour, an hour and a half is all we need. Tonight's episode is from Voyager, Message in a Bottle. You want to guess what character we'll be concentrating on? Yep, that's right, Robert Picardo's The Doctor. Everybody that watches Stargate knows Robert Picardo as Richard Woolsey. Slightly more slimy than The Doctor, but with a heart just as big, eventually. Yeah, definitely eventually. When you've got an accountant figuring out how much an SG unit's life is worth and whether it's worth rescuing him, you're not supposed to like a person like that. No, it's true. <laughs> it's a good episode, too, because Bob Picardo is fantastic in this. I think it picked itself, really. Yeah. You've got 170 episodes of Voyager to pick from, and he's in virtually all of them, so... He loves this episode because six of his jokes are actually put into it, so he suggested six <laughs> jokes, so <laughs> it's one of his favourites. <laughs> the joke on Friends where Joey badmouthed the writers a bit and they wrote him out falling down the lift shaft, yeah. which, strangely enough, was... Uh, Diane Mulder. That's what happened to her in... In L.A. Law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's not had it easy, has she, over the years? <laughs> no, no. Oh, dear. She arrives on a shuttlecraft, and then next thing you know, 24 episodes later, she's leaving by a shuttlecraft, and then she's falling down the lift, and... Oh, I don't know. Bless her. 
I never really had any problem with the character. It was an interesting attempt to mix things up. Yeah, it was, and a bit of conflict with Picard, and they really moulded her into McCoy, didn't they, really? Or they tried, they, they brought a lot of elements McCoy into her character, and some worked, some didn't. And it was nice to have a little bit of conflict with Data, too, So where everyone was so eager to accept him and help him grow. She was like, well, hold on a minute, why? Yeah, she's probably been running around quite happy to pull the plug on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to like Una's new book that's coming out in January, then, because that's almost Pulaski-centric. The whole story is pretty much about her. Just an update, I've just pre-ordered The Missing by Una McCormack from Amazon UK for my Kindle, £2.99. Okay, carry on. We'll be watching the Region 2 DVD. It has a runtime of 44 minutes and roughly 8 seconds. One day there might be a Blu-ray release of this, we don't know yet. I think everybody's patiently waiting for news on a DS9 release. I ordered uh, All Good Things from Amazon.com the other week. Well, you have to tell me what it's like, and then I can decide whether or not to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing. I knew I wasn't going to buy the Season 7 box set, but I did want that episode. It wasn't too expensive importing from Amazon. Hopefully they have the extended version as well, which they had on the VHS version. Yeah. As for knowledge go, pretty much of a corker. Yeah, it's fantastic. We've got the video all set up. Uh, you good to go, Michael? Let's punch it. <laughs> <laughs> right. None of this fancy three, two, one in foreign languages. That's Alan's job. He, he's the one that speaks <laughs> six to seven languages, or at least knows three, two, one in six to seven languages. Okay. Three, two, one, click. Right then. Voyager comes on screen. I always like the Intrepid class. Yeah, I do. I love the ship. I'm not exactly sure about the movable nacelles. That's for a different argument. Yeah, it's true. I'm getting tired of playing referee every time you two have a disagreement. Here we go, angry Balana. That's something new, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> she may look human, she may sound human, but she's all Borg. Balana Torres, played by Roxanne Dawson. And Chakotay, Robert Beltran. She took an isolinear processor out of engineering without asking, and when I went to Astrometrics to get it back, she had locked the door. Yeah, talking about Jerry Ryan's character, 709. She kind of rubbed people up the wrong way early parts of season four. Apart from Harry Kim, who would have liked to have been rubbed up the wrong way. <laughs> yes, would you like to experiment? <laughs> no. <laughs> On my way. Did you hear that? She's giving orders now. I'm telling you, Chakotay, if she gets in my way again, I am not responsible for what happens. So unusual, really. When you watch Voyager or listen to something like the Delta Quadrant podcast, you know, Harry does okay for himself, really. Yeah, he does. He gets a lot of flack. He's all right. <laughs> oh, Jakote's been summoned. Here's the captain. I've been summoned. Any guesses what this is about? None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just senior staff for you. Yeah. <laughs> Your call sounded urgent. It was. I've been working to increase the range of the astrometric sensors, and I've detected something that you should find of particular interest. A ship? What's special about it? I've analysed the warp signature. It's a Starfleet vessel. Jerry Ryan for me, made Voyager. Not because of her outfits, not because she's a dunningly beautiful woman. I just thought eventually Seven of Nine became such a great character. Yeah, she did grow over the years, definitely. But she was eye candy, that's why she was brought on to begin with. But then they realised we've got opportunities here. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And I think one of the few times they actually put her in a Starfleet uniform, she looked just as good as in any of the jumpsuits she wore. Exactly, and, and that's the same with Marina Sirtis. When they finally put her in the uniform, she was beautiful. OK then, Message in a Bottle, Season 4, Episode 14 of Star Trek Voyager. This episode was connected to one in production order, and its premiere in America, January the 21st, 1998. 
Broadcast in the UK, July the 20th, 1998. Directed by Nancy Malone. From a story by Rick Williams and teleplay by Lisa Clink. Funnily enough, Stargate SG-1 also had an episode called Message in a Bottle. Now, normally I would keep going on about this, but these intros are exceptionally long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. It's a very pretty opening introduction and nice piece of music as well. Yeah, it's my favourite. Every time I watch Enterprise, what went wrong? Yeah. <laughs> that reflection in the rings as Voyager flies over, that's beautiful. They didn't take any learnings from any of the previous shows, did they? You think, okay, all the mistakes you made in TNG don't replicate in Voyager or DS9 or Enterprise. And they did. <laughs> they did. I don't think you'd believe how many versions of the Enterprise theme are on the Star Trek Enterprise soundtrack collection box set. It's remarkable. Okay then, we're back. The ship we're seeing is in the Alpha Quadrant. You couldn't have extended the astrometric sensors that far. No. Here's some techno babble. Yes. Very nice CGI effects for the time, though. Yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah, it was. By establishing a sensor link with the nearest station, I'm getting readings from the entire network. The Starfleet ship is within range of one of the farthest sensors near the outer edges of the Alpha Quadrant. One thing you can say, every show has budget limits. They'd do more if they had more money, but Star Trek, compared to other sci-fi shows, had a decent budget, and they did make use of it. Yeah, they really got value for money. Can we use the network to transmit a message? Yes, but we'll have to remodulate our signal to match the network's interlink frequency. We don't have much time. Get it done, Chakotay. Of course, this is the first time we come across the Herogen sensor network as we learn it to be. That's right, and we see what a great foe they are over the upcoming seasons. Yes, even when they have to throw in the Nazi in World War II angle. Yeah. <laughs> they can't help themselves, uh. <laughs> Get the SS in. Yeah. Got it. Seven, how much longer do we have? Sixteen minutes. That should do it. The subspace transceiver is at 200% output and online. Okay, at this point we had a discussion about Garrett Wang and his appearance on Stargate SG-1. Thanks to an IMDb link that pointed him out as an uncredited guest star. This eventually turned out to be an inaccurate entry. Garrett on Twitter actually said he'd never been in Stargate, so I didn't bother including that bit of the conversation. Remodulate your signal to match our interlink frequency. Oh. Yeah, that did work. <laughs> We're receiving a transmission. Let's hear it. Voyager. Who's that? I don't recognise that voice. That's you, Captain. <laughs> yeah. I don't sound like that. <laughs> Bridge to seven, what went wrong? I don't understand. My reading showed that the station picked up our message and relayed it across the entire network. We should try widening the subspace bandwidth and sending the message again. Do it. Come to add a coffee today. Yeah, there's Belana's maternity jacket. She was pregnant <laughs> at the time. Roxanne Dawson. It's always amusing how shows handle a pregnant actress. Yeah. I can remember when Gillian Anderson was pregnant. She always wore a long trench coat or stood behind a desk. Yeah. All the shows embrace it, you know. Yeah. Well, look at the Narvista. They actually had the baby transported into her, didn't they? There yeah. you go. <laughs> and of course, then blame Bashir. This is all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Take too long to reconfigure the message. Unless? The doctor. Exactly. Bring him to Astrometrics and I'll meet you there. We don't have much time. Okay, they're calling for the doctor. I'm going to send a holographic data stream over the network. Doctor, you have to come with me, quickly. Would you mind at least telling me what all this is about? 
And as usual, he's busy doing not much. Yeah. He's not even being given the chance to volunteer, really, is he? No. <laughs> this isn't exactly what I had in mind. You may be our only chance to communicate with that ship. You wanted... Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm sending an initiation code along with your program, so you'll be activated immediately. Well, that's good, isn't it? I wondered how that was going to work. Yeah. He doesn't look nervous at all, does he? <laughs> Instruct them to move within range of the sensor network. With any luck, they'll be able to send you back the same way you came. Fuck. It's like panic in his eyes. We're relying on an alien technology to send you across thousands of light years. So there's a chance my program could be lost. Yes, I'm asking you to take that chance. 35 seconds. Doctor? Far be it for me to turn down an opportunity to become a hero. I'm ready. Taurus to bridge. Standing by. I'm downloading him into the transceiver array. 10 seconds. Good luck, Doctor. There's that word again. Yeah. Captain Catherine Janeway, played by Kate Mulgrew, of course. Forgive me for this, folks, but there are a lot of people that might not be up to speed on Voyager who will be listening to this. Starring in Orange is the New Black, had a guest spot on We're Our 13. Always a pleasure to see you. We salute you. Yeah, he's loving it, really. <laughs> yeah, centre of attention, isn't he? Oh, cool. Hello? Is anyone here? All the Prometheus. What do you think of that design, then? I actually liked it, and I liked what's to come. It's a shame we never saw it again. Never been keen on it. Really? I like the artwork. I'm not sure exactly how practical. Seems a ridiculous waste of space, but it looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sick data bridge. To be fair, one of the issues with Star Trek I've always had is that it always looked a bit too clinical. Yeah, it's too nice, and they just look like they've just cleaned up a time they've walked a few steps, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Even when DS9 was announced, you know, more gritty, more realistic Star Trek, you saw DS9, you know, the actual space station, I think... Well, the wall panel and everything is just the same. It's not yeah. not really that dirty or grimy, is it? No, no. Yes, folks, I am a diehard Babylon 5 fan as well, by the way. <laughs> no, that is dark and gritty. Yeah. <laughs> He's had a bad day. Yes. Why did they leave him alive, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't have thought they'd leave anybody alive. No. They don't go around, well, he looks dead. I won't put another phaser shot into him. Yeah. <laughs> Try to lie still. Severe phaser burns. What happened here? Romulans. Romulans. Yeah. <laughs> They've taken over the ship. Uh, uh. I expect to be a bit more thorough. Yeah, exactly. Especially Romulans. You could imagine the Klingons. <laughs> yeah. Again, a very bleak looking bridge. Commander. There's a vessel approaching on an intercept course. It's Starfleet. That's a redress of the Enterprise-E, apparently. Is it? Yeah, they've just hired it up and taken a few of the consoles away. Yeah. You'd be surprised how stubborn humans can be. The Starfleet ship is closing. Raise shields and prepare to fire phasers. The Romulans were so underused in Star Trek. Well, again, as a devotee of the original series of pocketbooks, I've never quite liked how the Romulans turned out on the television shows. You mean very sneaky and very... The novels by uh, Diane Duane and yeah, Pete Morwood, the Ryansu, they will always be my Romulans, so whenever I see them on TV or the movies, they just don't suit. No. I've never embraced them. Experimental prototype designed for deep space tactical assignments. Primary battle systems include regenerative shielding, ablative hull armor, multi-vector assault mode. Multi-vector assault mode? Describe. 
because that is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, <laughs> which Michael might disagree with. <laughs> it looks cool, but yeah, it does sound a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a starship I do like the design of, the Nebula class. What class is it? Is it a science or Yeah, like the Reliant. That's right. Engage the multi-vector assault mode. That system has never been tested. Then we'll test it now. Surprising that you caught up with Prometheus then. Well, yeah, considering how fast it's supposed to be. Yeah. Multi-vector assault mode, now! Yes, Commander. See, this made me laugh because it's gone to blue mode, but on Voyager, when they go to blue mode, it means they're going to land, but there's a real techie trivia part there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Red Dwarf went into blue mode, they have to change the light bulb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Separation sequence in progress. Oh, here we go. Here we go, the ship splits into three. Separating at warp. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so two two of the ships have got NATOs, one hasn't. We're in attack formation. Each section is armed and responding to our command. I've just never... Oh, okay, they didn't solve the uh, bridge exploding problem there. No, no seatbelts. <laughs> What's funny is they never used this device in the Dominion War. Now, who's flying that ship? You don't get in the middle of three of your enemy. Willingly jump in the middle of them. Must be Deanna Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Captain Harringman's son or something. Pilot doesn't arrive till Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're forgetting these Romulans. One's been injured and they're off sick bay now. Yeah. It's that simple reintegration. Well, computer controlled, it should be that way. None of this nonsense where it takes Riker two minutes to redock the Enterprise. Yeah, with stunning music <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah, you don't do it by manual control. Yeah. <laughs> something like this. Reintegration sequence complete. Computer, is there any way for me to gain access to the communication system to send a message to another ship? Negative. Communications access requires level 4 clearance or above. <laughs> yeah, put on your poker face. <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a... Oh, hang on. I'm a doctor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Who activated you? You did. Automatically when you entered sickbay. Nicely done. <laughs> Can you treat him? Of course. That's my function. Third degree burns, hairline jaw fracture, and a ruptured blood vessel in his brain. I'll have to operate. You're a Starfleet program. Why should I trust you? I'm a doctor. Whether my patient is human or Romulan, I'll do everything in my power to save him. You're welcome to assist me if you'd like. Or maybe you just prefer to supervise. Romulan officer Navala is played by Valerie Wildman. She's been in Beverly Hills 90210, The American Soap Days of Our Lives, and a show called Venice of the Series. You know, one thing you get from this episode is that the Federation Starfleet make their ships very easy to use by alien species. Yeah. <laughs> Unfriendly alien species at that. The Romulans have gained access to the ship, taken over, killed the crew, and are flying it pretty much fully functional. Yeah, it's true. Starfleet intelligence needs a good kick in. Yeah. And there's the Doctor, who is a Starfleet officer, albeit a holographic one, has limited access to uh, the information. Oh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Mr Andy Dick. Took a few minutes to read up on him. Interesting life he's led. Yeah, he's done quite a lot, hasn't he? I don't have clearance. 
I'm an emergency medical hologram. Oh. I've been sent here to... Yeah. Yeah, she recognises him now. That look of disgust. You're the Mark 1 EMA. The Mark 1. <laughs> Inferior. Beady eyes. Terrible bedside manner. I recognise you. Ooh, bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> if you disengage your vocal subroutines for one second, I'd explain. Why would a medical hologram even have that information anyway? Yeah, it's true. Although... Already, the EMH Mark II is showing more individuality than uh, the Doctor did. Yeah. You know, beyond his normal duties, he's obviously expanded his capabilities already. What are you doing? Activating intruder alert. That's the last thing you want to do. Security, listen to me. This vessel has been taken over by Romulans. The crew is dead. You and I are the only Starfleet officers on board. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little out of his depth. Computer, deactivate EMH. <laughs> we find he's a coward. <laughs> well, sensible, isn't it? What are you going to do? Yeah. Computer, activate EMH. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Now what? I need your help. Damn. <laughs> Fool me. <laughs> yes, Andy Dick, American comedian and actor. He's been in Less Than Perfect, News Radio, Get Smart, The Ben Miller Show, and more recently had a cameo on Sharknado 2. Is the Federation at war with the Romulans? No, the Romulans haven't gotten involved in our fight with the Dominion. The who? Long story. As I've just had a very colourful personal life, starting in 1999 from a car crash where he was in possession of some cocaine and marijuana, right through to 2011 where he was kicked out of the AVN Awards for manhandling some of the female stars. Oh, very naughty. But perfect for this role. Yeah. He really knocked it out of the park. And the chemistry with Rob Picardo is brilliant. I've never heard it be said that Robert Picardo's had trouble working with anybody. I've listened many a time to some of the DVD commentaries on his Stargate appearances, and all the directors and writers say he's, he's a joy to work with. That must be a director's dream, isn't it, to have an actor like Rob Picardo? Yeah. You see? You see what's happening? The Romulans are using you! Hmm. Hmm, what? Your hollow matrix is unstable. It may explain your erratic behavior. I told you I'm a work in progress. I was only installed six weeks ago. Stable or not, I need you. And so does he. Only six weeks. Yeah. Surely there was an opportunity for a Tuesday joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An unstable EMH. Who would have thought? I'll work alone. Well, there aren't that many of them. Yeah. Let's be fair. We're medical holograms. What can we expect to do against a ship full of Romulans? I'm not sure. Not yet. But I've faced my share of challenges. <laughs> he's he's going to say he's showing off now. <laughs> a bit. I thought about, you know, overlaying a bit of Sinatra's my way right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Voyager lost its chief medical officer four years ago. I've been active ever since. Four years? No wonder you're delusional. <laughs> yes, your, your windows, eventually you need a reboot. Yeah. No matter how well you install it. From Annihilation when you were only a gleam in your programmer's eye. Now, are you going to help me take back this ship or not? <laughs> <laughs> Get me the thrombic modulator. I'm sure he's making that up. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> Just to put him in his place. Yeah, that came down a little notch or two, didn't it? Yeah. Hmm? It's the cone-shaped device. Hand it to me, please. <laughs> Medical science has made a few advances while you've been off in the... Delta Quadrant, did you say? That's right. We don't use scalpels or leeches anymore. <laughs> leeches. <laughs> you know, he's, he's only going to be four years out of date. Yeah. There couldn't have been too many advancements in Starfleet Medical. No, it's true. You know, a few devices that come on the market which have names he's not familiar with. That's all. 
and the Doctor's probably learnt more about interspecies medicine in these last four years than Starfleet did in the previous ten. Yeah. I have to say, that's my favourite bridge, the Voyager one. You know, nice colour scheme or the design. Both, really. Yep. That wine shot does show you how big the bridge is, though. You don't really get that impression when they're doing the, all the close-ups. Seven of nine is standing watch in astrometrics. I tried to relieve her, but she doesn't want to leave her post. She says she doesn't need to regenerate for the next few days. I think I liked it in the episode where... I can't remember the name, sorry about this. Where these aliens find the Doctor in a holographic module from 700 years ago. It tells the story of the evil Voyager. Oh, yes. And evil Harry comes onto the bridge and ducks down and pokes his head under that railing. It just looks so great. Yeah. You're right. It's probably a mistake for us to get our hopes up at all. We've been through this before. And it won't be the last time either. All right, I'll admit it. I just finished a letter to my cousin in Ohio. <laughs> oh, oh, Neelix has been cooking again. <laughs> <laughs> when you haven't got any replicator rations, you've got to <laughs> roll the dice with Neelix and his uh, yeah. and his curries. Yeah, he's, he's oh dear. <laughs> Tenant, thank God you're here. What seems to be the trouble? Well, one minute they were eating lunch, and the next they started perspiring and complaining of chest pain. Hmm, no wonder. Acute functional dyspepsia. What's that? Heartburn. <laughs> Something a bit rich. I'm yeah. Terribly sorry. I don't know how this could have happened. A replicate some antacid. We'll have you feeling better in no time. Could be worse. <laughs> Believe me, it could be worse. <laughs> Isn't it good just to go and replicate the medicine? Yeah. Not the Torillium plague. What did you feed them? Anyway. Yeah, wait for it. Rodale Reds, Red Hot Root, and Tootin' Chili. Chili. And I do it. Yeah. I've been brushing up on classic American cuisine. When we get back to Earth, I want to make sure I have marketable job skills. <laughs> and of course, half the ingredients would be substitution. Yeah. Whatever was available at the local planet. <laughs> For Starfleet to rescue us, I have complete confidence in him. I hope you're right. If not, I'm going to spend the rest of this trip treating upset stomachs. And this has been mentioned on other... Star Trek podcast, the lack of a fully qualified doctor in training beyond Paris. Because Paris, Paris is a pilot for Christ's sake. Yeah. They should have had somebody under the doctor all the time. Yeah, they should have. It's a real plot point they lost out there. Yeah. I've accessed the navigational logs. We're at warp 9.9 heading straight for Romulan space. This vessel was designed to go faster than anything in the fleet, so we'll never be rescued. Yeah, interesting bit of trivia. The NX... 59650 on the hull is different to the actual commemorative launch plaque. A slight mishap between the design department and the artist. We have to incapacitate the Romulan somehow. <laughs> what kind of anesthetics do you have handy? Only the best. I imagine, as you say, with replicators, anything you want. Oh, yeah. It can be distributed in gaseous form. Show me a schematic of the ship's ventilation system. It's only when the plot requires it that you can't replicate something. <laughs> All primary systems have been rerouted to the bridge, including environmental control. Yes, these Romulans are really uh, adept at stealing soul ships. Yeah, exactly. I'm not condemned to a sick bay. Get three canisters of Neurazine. As a matter of record, I have free reign on Voyager, and I can even leave the ship as well. Leave your ship. He's going off again. Yep. That was quick, wasn't it, really? <laughs> I assume that was supposed to get you smiling a bit. Really? I'm as close to a sentient life form as any hologram could hope to be. 
I socialize with the crew, fraternize with aliens. I've even had sexual relations. Sex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I made an addition to my program. Before you leave, maybe you could download those subroutines into my database. Oh, yes. A generous addition. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Poor Mark, too. He's a Ken doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Doctor's all, all action man with a kung fu grip and everything. The bridge is swarming with Romulans. Three, four, is it? Yeah. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> Computer, deactivate. Not so fast. You're going to Jeffrey's Tube 17. The moment I unlock the controls, you release the gas into the ventilation system. Jeffrey's Tube 17, that's five decks up. What if I run into Romulans? Improvise. Your journey begins here. Yep, that's the plan. This is brilliant, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionally, one crawls in head first. Thanks. Okay, I know it's done for laughs and it's stupid, but it worked. Yeah, it does brilliantly. I do like the Jeffrey tubes, and they make them nice and wide. Yeah, especially the newer ones. Didn't anybody ask why he came up by the turbo lift? Yeah, when he's a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually. I just realised that. <laughs> I mean, that's perfectly reasonable on Voyager, you know, if he's walking around with his mobile emitter. I've come to run some scans. No one here is sick. Not yet. I understand the stomach cramps are unbearable. Although some say the rash is worse. Conduct your scans. Commander Ray Carr is played by Judson Scott. He's been in Babylon 5, also on Charmed, X-Files, The Colbys and V. Actually a very recognisable actor under all the uh, prosthetics. Yes, indeed. That will take us off our course to Romulus. There's been a change of plans. We're giving this ship to someone who'll make use of its full potential, the Tal Shihar. I've made arrangements to rendezvous with their fleet within the hour. But, Commander, they're expecting us to you be... You have your orders. And the Romulans, though, they, they really don't trust each other, do they? Oh, the way to live, isn't it? Where you, you're just always looking over your shoulder. Oh, yeah, you don't know who to trust. I mean, it, it's risky. Obviously, he's going to get rewarded by the Tal Shihar, but his own government... You know, regular government aren't going to be very happy with him. Well, yeah. Next time, order the chicken salad. <laughs> Which isn't chicken. Yeah. <laughs> isn't lettuce either. <laughs> oh, am I glad to see you. What's the emergency? <sighs> Take a look around you, Harry. <laughs> Try to sell him on the job. What do you say? Peace and quiet. Sick bay? Chances of promotion, pretty good. <laughs> so, it's not the helm of a starship, is it? Did you accidentally inject yourself with some kind of psychotropic agent? I am a pilot, Harry, not a doctor. This is a temporary assignment, just till the doc gets back. What if he doesn't get back? He'll be back. I need your help, Harry. Rescue me from medical exile. How? <laughs> yeah, this is a bit of a stretch, expecting anybody to come up with a fully functional AI on board ship. Yeah. You really are delirious. It took the greatest hollow engineers in Starfleet years to develop the EMH. I can't just design a new doctor. <laughs> it really is Laurel and Hardy of Star Trek, isn't it, those two? Yeah. Chance to make history and save your best friend all at the same time. Tom has never been ashamed of using guilt to get what he wants. No. I mean, he's a great character, but he's not always a nice character. No, especially the early seasons. Here we go. We just need some mud now. 
or as Tilk would say, uh, Jello, because he does enjoy his Jello wrestling. <laughs> State your reasons for making these modifications. State your reasons, please. It's not what you say, Seven. It's how you say it. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> the beautiful people don't have to say please. You may have noticed that some of the crew seem a bit on edge when you're around. I was Borg. I elicit apprehension. No, that's not what I mean. We're not afraid that you're going to assimilate us. We're just not used to... Well, I'd, I'd be slightly worried. <laughs> you're rude. You could relapse. I am rude. Yes. Yes, you order people around you, do things without permission, and whether you realize it or not, you come off as a little insulting. You don't even say please or thank you. Learning manners from Bellana Torres. <laughs> yeah. Try to remember that we are not just a bunch of drones. You can be nice and polite for 30 seconds, then you fly up into a rage and storm off. Yeah. <laughs> Your attempt to recalibrate the interface is ill-advised. The risk of disrupting our link is too great. In your opinion. Well, that's not what the writers say. Yeah. <laughs> we write it, they do what they're told. And she hasn't taken a word. No. <laughs> no, we're receiving a transmission from the relay station. The doctor? Oh, we're getting a call. Spam. It'll be spam, I tell you. <laughs> PPI. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. You are using our technology. You mean the sensor network? We thought that it was abandoned. It belongs to the Herogen. Terminate your link. No, no, wait, please, we just... A new alien. The link has been severed. Did two episodes of Voyager, seven episodes of DS9, also appeared in Alien Nation and The Rocketeer. What else have you done to this ship? It's surprising, or maybe not, that this is virtually an, an all-American cast. It seems these days you look at any modern production, even one from L.A., it's a lot more international. TV's changed so much over the years. You are nothing but a computer-generated projection. I find it hard to believe you're capable of taking these actions independently. How flattering. Tell me, who is operating your program? <laughs> How do you threaten hologram? A Starfleet crew member we missed. Or one of my own men. Paranoia is a way of life for you, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we said earlier. Not a great way to live. No. Could be a killer. Get rid yeah. of it. <laughs> Received an optronic data stream transmission approximately six hours ago. It contained a holographic subroutine. Who sent it? Unknown. The data pattern had a Starfleet signature. So, Starfleet. I suppose this is a good point. It's showing that the Romulans aren't totally on top of everything. Things are slipping them by. Yeah. The simple fact that they don't realise that he was the onboard holographic doctor. The data stream you detected came from an alien sensor network. It transferred me from a Starfleet ship in the Delta Quadrant. The Delta Quadrant? That's absurd. This is pointless. I couldn't agree more. You would assume his job is either to destroy the Prometheus or capture her again. Yeah. Can I go now? <laughs> I suggest a complete algorithm extraction. We can analyze his subroutines one by one. Proceed. <laughs> you tell him the truth. And then... <laughs> Isn't there some kind of convention regarding the treatment of prisoners? Yeah, time down and tickle him. Yeah. <laughs> How many lines of code must he have? Yeah, take him forever. Yeah. Wait for it. Did it work? Way. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. EMH2 saves the day. I did, I did. Oh, just throw her down. Yeah. <laughs> And she falls so gracefully. 
alone, nowhere to run. His smug comrade, captured by Romulans, EMH Mark II had to improvise. Inspiration! He accessed the main computer and simulated a shipwide biohazard, making the computer think there was a microbiotic contamination on all decks. I like this. His own little narrative. He's writing his biography already. <laughs> Back out of the tube. Accessed the hollow emitters. Transferred here. Excused the Romulan. Saw the dumbfounded look on his comrade's face. The end. <laughs> dumbfounded. You know, you really should keep a personal log. Why bore others needlessly? He's getting carried away. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Doctor. You're trying to get a taste of your own medicine here, aren't you? Trouble. The Prometheus is a prototype. Top secret. Only four people in all of Starfleet were trained to operate it. Yes, her designation is NX, the name of the uh, actual line of the ship, isn't it? That's right. Oh, that's a nice effect, that is. Yeah. I've had my share of piloting experience. Actually, only two lessons. And they were in a shuttlecraft. <laughs> Something a little bit smaller, then. Where's the helm? Where's the helm? Oh, come on. <laughs> Seriously. At the front, where else would it be? Ah, huh, there it is. Here we go, we're... Pushed a Romulan to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. As you say, no seatbelts, and those I should sure up, because this is brilliant. Very complicated. Stop breathing down my neck. My breathing is merely a simulation. So is my neck. Stop it anyway. Is this a thruster control? Don't touch that. We don't know what it does. It could be the self-destruct. <laughs> no, if it was a self-destruct, it would be a big red yeah. button. It's always a big red button. Like I say, there's no support on those chairs. It's so easy to fall. They must be really confident of the inertial dampers. Yeah. The voice of experience. Let me think. Ah, oh, here it is. This looks like the nacelle power control. So, so? There's a little trick I saw Mr. Paris do once. Yeah, on a different chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about shoulder ship. <laughs> oh. oh. What happened? I did it. We've stopped. You can tell. Ah. All we have to do now is find a way to send Starfleet a distress signal and... That might have been a good idea to do first. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. I've never heard that one before. You remember the days when your PC used to make these beeps when it wouldn't boot up yeah. for it? <laughs> You'd run to the manual. Yeah, what's that beep mean? <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think whatever I did initiated a warp core overload. You mean the ship's going to explode? You've got to stop it. You think it's not Christopher Pike beeping, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What's that, Christopher? Beep. <laughs> Sorry, didn't get you. Beep. No problem. 23rd century technology just beeps. Is that the best you can do? Yeah. They'll be going around the ship all day listening to all these beeps. Yeah. That always has been a bugbear of mine, any sci-fi series, and it's not Star Trek, it's most of them. They never really go far enough in imagining what they could be doing. There are three Romulan warbirds on an intercept course. You know, I like looking at spaceships, but I can't help, this is always filler. We're boosting the signal gain as high as it'll go. I think we can cut through the alien's jamming signal. I warned you! Oh, he's back. <laughs> I apologise for our intrusion. Allow me to explain. No explanation. These are the aliens we like. No nonsense. Yeah, straight to the point. Yeah. They are very far away and we're expecting a message back from them. All messages will be intercepted. <laughs> All messages will be assimilated. <laughs> He's trying to jam the link again. There must be some room for negotiation. Isn't there anything you might accept in exchange for... Hey, <laughs> What happened? I generated a feedback surge along our sensor leak. Okay. <laughs> you killed him? It was a mild shock. He will recover. And when he does? He wasn't responding to diplomacy. Bellana is suddenly impressed. Yeah. <laughs> is the sensor link stable? If only I'd have thought of that first. Yes, Captain. Keep watching for the doctor. 
That's very much seven of nine Borg. Yeah, Janeway's look then was priceless. <laughs> it's not as if Janeway hasn't done something similar. Yeah. Mild shock. Not bad. Thank you. <laughs> it's probably a good job they are light years away from the nearest, whatever it is, sensor drone repeater station. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that he was working alone as well, wasn't it, that Hirogen? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the poor sword gets dumped out. What is probably, as we come to learn, a pretty bad job for him. Is race a nomadic and he's basically stationed in one place. Yeah. What do you say we try to get him working first, then we can worry about personal grooming? <laughs> Just like a wig on yeah. him, don't we? Or one of Shatner's. Yeah. <laughs> His entire medical library and compressed it into a single data file. It's got all the classics from Grey's Anatomy to... It took me years to figure out that the TV show Grey's Anatomy was uh, named after a book. <laughs> to Stoneface's Matrix. <laughs> oh, there must be some extras for that, surely. Yeah. Somewhere. Harry, you are a genius. You don't hear that very often. No. <laughs> this is only the first step. Yeah, but it's a step in the right direction. I'm telling you, this probably isn't going to work. What happened to all that youthful optimism? Like most of Harry's plans, they work for a bit. Yeah, then they fall apart. Like his love life. Which <laughs> yeah. starts off pretty good. Yeah. Not to mention a personality profile. Oh, you know, I've been thinking about that. Maybe we should make this one a little more pleasant than the old doc. Here's a thought, Harry. Just pat Tom on the back and say, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to transfer the data. Computer, transfer medical library master file to emergency medical replacement hologram. <laughs> Replacement hologram. Oh, All the tissues of the body originate from a microscopic structure, the fertilized ovum. Okay. <laughs> Hope you're taking notes, Mike. <laughs> yes. What's he doing? Or a small spherical body inside which I think he's reciting Grey's Anatomy. This may be regarded as a complete cell. All the Can you stop him? I'm trying. I didn't see that in the episode. <laughs> Grey's. <laughs> Listen. This is all very fascinating. In a higher organisms, a cell but would you please be quiet for a minute? He doesn't have speech size. recognition protocols yet. Well, oh, give him some. Oh, brilliant stuff. Called cytoplasm. Any small spherical. What's happening? It's an overload. This matrix can't accommodate all the data. Bye. And there he goes. Yeah. Bye, bye, Doctor. I wonder if they'd have made a backup of him when Voyager was first lost in uh, the Delta Quadrant. Then that would have been reawakened. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Yeah. I'm downloading Grey's Anatomy chapter by chapter. I thought you said it was too much data for his holomatrix to handle. It's not for the EMH. It's for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, what you should have done in the first place. Yeah. And what Tom should have been doing four years ago. Now, here we are. Given that, the Romulans did know how to build ships. Yeah, they are impressive. Two minutes to intercept. Get us out of here. I can't get this ship moving. Especially when we saw him with the Enterprise D next to him. You go, oh, they're rather big. Yeah. Hey, I'm finally getting the hang of this. <laughs> What's happening? Sorry, I must have transferred power from the hollow emitters. We'll be more careful. <laughs> don't die from power from the hollow emitters. <laughs> from life support, we don't need that. Okay, don't worry about the Romulans. <laughs> Nothing. Why isn't this working? 30 seconds to intercept, they're right on top of us. Surely there's a help file. Yeah. <laughs> this is Starfleet, there's always a help file. Stand by. 15 seconds. They're charging weapons! See if you can access the shields. I said... I said shields! Already done! Shields up! This is the warbird Tomet calling the Prometheus. <laughs> I assume the computer is automatically translating, of course. Yeah. Why would a Romulan speak to another Romulan in Federation standard? Yeah. <laughs> Activate your view screen. Our view screen is not operational. 
We've had some trouble with Starfleet commandos. Where's Ricard? Oh yeah, not that joke. <laughs> In the medical bay, he suffered minor injuries. Identify yourself. <laughs> He's not falling for it. You first. Repeat your last statement. I don't understand. State your identity. This is Subcommander Almack. Lower your shields and prepare to be boarded. Okay. They're already down. Maybe there's something wrong with your sensor readings. You'd better not try to transport until we can be sure it's safe. Lower your shields immediately or I'll open fire. Immediately? Now this is good. Yes. How long does it take between... <laughs> no message. Just shoot him straight away. Shields down to 20%. Yeah. <laughs> Three more ships are approaching. We're doomed. <laughs> They're Starfleet. What are they doing? Firing on us. They must think Romulans are on board. They're right. And you're on a stolen vessel. Yeah. Think about it. Who <laughs> <laughs> defines class ships? Yeah. Now you can expect they could, you know, keep up. They're fast ships. That's a new ship too. That larger one we just saw. Yeah, the uh, Akira. Yeah. Prometheus, no use, they can't hear us. The Romulans have scrambled the comm frequencies. Doctor, some thing just went offline. Specifically? The secondary gyrodyne relays in the propulsion field intermatrix have depolarized. In English. I'm just reading what it says here. Yeah, it doesn't sound good, does it? No. <laughs> gyrodyne relays. <laughs> there is steam on the bridge. <laughs> Where? Where's the steam coming from? That's the espresso machine. <laughs> yeah, they've got the coffee machine. <laughs> Tactical, right. What are you waiting for? Shoot! Now watch the control panel here. It bends noticeably. So many controls. Find the one that says fire and push it! <laughs> it's not working. It says here the phasers are offline. Well then fire a torpedo! Lot of tactile movement in that panel. They based it on the 60s. <laughs> Where's it going? Oh! <laughs> you hit the wrong ship. It wasn't my fault. Well, then whose fault was it? The torpedoes? You're supposed to tell it what to do. Yeah, I suppose it was technically the torpedoes' fault. Its own self-guidance systems came online. Annoying that maybe its default setting is whatever ship's closest and not reading really live first. My brilliant existence cut short. No time to explore the universe. No time to smell the roses. No time for sex. <laughs> Hologram or not, if you're a male, you think about sex first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Auto separation in 10 seconds. Auto separation? Nine. I think the Romulans Eight. did this before. How do we turn it off? I don't think we can. Twice in one episode. Yeah. They blew the budget here. <laughs> yeah, they did, didn't they? If I recall correctly, this next part gets a little bumpy. Separation sequence in progress. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Specify attack pattern. Attack pattern alpha? Specify target. Romulans! <laughs> Just doesn't look right. Yeah, okay. The Romulan shields are too good for that. Yeah. Bullseye! The warbirds are in retreat! Doctor, we've done it! Two holograms alone. Romulans on one side, Starfleet on the other. Alarms beeping everywhere. EMH Mark II, newborn but filled with courage. EMH Mark I, armed with years of experience. Together they emerged triumphant. The end. Okay, they deserve this level of self-congratulation. Yeah. Friends for life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got visitors. Welcome to the Prometheus, gentlemen. It's about time. Okay, yeah. don't push it. You just got talked by two holograms. <laughs> you know. That'll stay on their permanent record. I'm receiving a transmission through the sensor network. Origin, the Alpha Quadrant. He's phoning home. Does it contain a holographic subroutine? 
Yes. Transfer it to sickbay. Torres to bridge. Captain, I think he's back. Shouldn't you put it in the buffer just in case it's not the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to be on the safe side. Would have been funny if they sent the wrong EMH back. <laughs> he didn't believe them. Yeah. The extra code for the enhancement is on Voyager, so he's going to go back. Home sweet home. Doctor. Report. I, I did it. I had a great adventure. <laughs> Once the Romulans were out of the way. Romulans? They'd taken over the Prometheus, the ship I was on. But I managed to turn the tables on them with a little help from a fellow EMH. You got through to Starfleet. I spoke directly with headquarters. Apparently, Voyager was declared officially lost 14 months ago. I set the record straight. Well, they didn't mess about, did they? That's his insurance claim. The caretaker gets 50% of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And promised that they won't stop until they found a way to get Voyager back home. And they asked me to relay a message. They wanted you to know you're no longer alone. The look on Janeway's face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 60,000 light years. Seems a little closer today. Yeah, in practical terms, though, it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's be honest about this. And that was a message in a bottle. Fun episode, that is. Yeah, it is. You can see where, later on in the episode, where he comes, the emergency command hologram, you could say this is the beginning of that because he wants more. Oh, yeah, he got a little taste. Although he also got the downside of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, like everything on Voyager, people should be trained in multiple disciplines. Especially when you've only got a crew of 140 and you've got no supply bases. It'd make sense for them to train each other, wouldn't it, really? Oh, yeah, definitely. Multiple disciplines, being able to do multiple things. And speaking of that, keeping your eye on YouTube, the amount of Star Trek-related fan products is enormous. So many people really do create some great stuff out there. The amount of effort they put in. Well, look at Redshirt Diaries. You've been helping to promote these last few months. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that show. Go and check it out, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Indiegogo wanted it. Was... They actually hit it in three days, and they had two stretch goals, and they've just passed both now. So they're actually going to film on a TOS bridge now. Is it the Equinox production? They've got a standing bridge now that they rent out. That's right. I think they're going to go and use that for a day and film an episode of Ends and Williams. Yeah, think about it. That's ridiculous, isn't it? There's actually a production set now with a standing TOS bridge. Any legitimate production can actually rent and use now. And there's so many productions out there now of Star Trek. It's a brilliant time to be a fan. Okay, then. That was Message in the Bottle. As I said, directed by Nancy Malone. Unfortunately, Nancy passed this May 2014. In her time, she directed episodes of Voyager, Dynasty, Melrose Place and Hotel. But before that, she was also an actress. Did most of her work in the 50s through to the 70s. Appeared on Naked City, Ironside, Hawaii Five-O and all the American uh, crime cop shows that were about back then. And there were a lot of them. Rick Williams, this was his only story he sold. One entry in IMDb. Well, if you sell one episode to Star Trek, I think you've done well. Yeah. And Lisa Klink, she worked on 13 episodes of Voyager, a single episode of DS9, and in her career worked on Hercules, Missing, Earth Final Conflict, Painkiller Jane, and appeared as herself on seven episodes of the quiz show Jeopardy. Painkiller Jane, though, that sounds quite interesting. I've never heard of it till now. Comic adaptation, like a lot of the shows are these days. Oh, there you go. Next week, Joe, will be another bonus episode 
at this point i'm not quite sure which it will be just tune in and be surprised okay then michael as we said at the beginning you run visionary trek along with a few compatriots would you like to give us a few more details about that oh thank you yeah go over to visionarytrek.com and we do three podcasts we have visionary trek which is the main show and that's a general based star trek show where we look at different themes and we try and incorporate one theme looking at each of the incarnations of star trek and that's with my co-host and co-founder of visionary trek bunny summers we also have the holodeck which is a show that looks at star trek in comics because there's been over a thousand star trek comics in the past 45 46 years so we look at some of the older ones, we review the newer ones, and we also look at TAS as well because we love TAS at the holodeck. And we also have a show called The Captain's Table, which looks at Star Trek in books. So we get all the authors coming on when they can to talk about their latest books or ones they've written in the past. And we review the stories as well. And that's with my co-host, Roz. So we have a great time. We have some really good shows out there. So go check it out. Yep, I can highly recommend those family of podcasts. I listen to them myself, as anybody that follows my personal Twitter will, will know. I do tend to tweet a lot on what I'm listening to. As you know, I'm reading more Star Trek now than I used to. I read Never Ending Sacrifice the week after you mentioned it. Then I listened to a couple of Una McCormack interviews, including your own. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. Great book. I really enjoyed it. In a little review I did, I never expected to find the Kardashian people and society entertaining. It's a real golden age for Star Trek in books at the moment. I say that far too much, and I do apologise to the listeners who have heard me say it before, but the books at the moment are just wonderful. I'm more of a fan of the TOS novels than anything. They will always be my first choice. Oh, there's some great books out there, and some great books coming next year as well. Yeah, I read uh, Love's Latinum's Lost. Oh, what did you think? I've read that. Did you like that? I enjoyed it. I, I thought the story of Quark and the Vulcan sex slave was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And that's a good thing. As well as the full-length novels, there's a lot of e-novellas e now, and they're only about 100 pages or so, well, in e-book form. And it gives a good opportunity for people who aren't sure about the Star Trek book to read an e-novella. It might take a couple of hours to read one. And then you can decide whether or not you want to go and try some full-length ones. I just wish there was as many uh, Stargate novels. Well, yeah, and comics, because I've got a couple of Stargate comics, and they're pretty good, actually, so I'd like to have seen more of those. Even the uh, diehard Stargate fans simply got to admit that the Star Trek franchise is a behemoth compared to Stargate. Stargate's great, especially Atlantis. Sorry, listeners, I'm going to keep going on about Atlantis. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to Michael for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, it's been great fun. Thank you for having me, and it's my first time I've done a real-time review, so I've really enjoyed it, so thank you for having me on. I told you it was easy. It's amazing how many people are nervous about it. Oh, I've been nervous all day today at work, thinking about, oh, what am I <laughs> going to say? And when am I going to say it? And I was thinking about the episode, but it's been great fun. No problem at all. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. I've been Mike. And I've been Michael. I've always <laughs> said Mike too, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, EMH1, EMH2. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> You've been listening to The Gatecast hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever.